right, good morning. You guys doing good? Okay. We're on the uh, third part of the series called Ask, Seek, and Knock. I have a little boy that I thought was six. I was corrected. He's actually five um, in the first service. And he is a, a, a lanky human being now. And he crawls into bed with us every morning like I wake up and there's this little hot body next to me. And he sleeps on my half of the bed. It's so uncomfortable. And you know, it's not like, oh, it's like, ugh. <laughs> you know? And uh, so I, I woke up this morning at 4.30 with these feet, like on my back. And, uh, but he's, he's becoming like this big boy. And he likes to play chess. And he doesn't know how to play chess, but he just likes to move the pieces around with me. And it's not like checkers. Chess is a different game. It's, it's more nuanced. There's more complexity. These pieces can move in these different directions. And the way him and I play is whoever goes first wins because every, every, everything can do everything, right? So whoever goes first knocks the first person off, knock, knock, and you just keep going back and forth till the first person knocks off the last person's piece. And so I want to talk to you guys today just like a little bit like a nuance around knocking, okay? And when I say knock, we've been talking about getting our, our, uh, our prayers answered. Now that might sound selfish, but I can assure you it's not because like our prayers should be glorifying God. Like God should get the glory when our prayers get answered. So it's not like look at what we're getting, it's look who's getting the glory once God has, has the uh, prayers uh, answered. So how many of you have been asking for five big things, right? And then how many of you have actually looked up in scripture to make sure that those five things are things that God wants you to have? All right, three of you, good job. Uh, so we're gonna be knocking today and I wanna talk about that. There, there was a point, I want to talk, to, I want to get this out of the way because I know that there's sensitive, sensitive issues that people are praying for. Um, my dad has um, dementia, okay, and he, it, it seems like he doesn't remember anything past 2000. So, like, I, I know he doesn't know my kids' names anymore. Like, I know, I know that he knows who I am, uh, and he might even struggle to tell you what my name is, but I know that he recognizes me. I know that he doesn't know who my three kids are. And um, sometimes, man, when he's not doing well, uh, he follows you around. And our, our houses are connected. And so the other day, like I was watching him, he came right over and I was cleaning up and man, he was right next to me in a wheelchair asking me questions for you know, like the better part of two hours. And all the questions that make sense and it's kind of a struggle of what to answer, what not to answer. And um, he doesn't remember his parents dying or... Um, you know, he hasn't seen his siblings in a long time. And so, so that can get kind of hard and a bit sensitive, but it's like, I, I just want to go a little bit militant with you on this one. Do you remember when Jesus said, uh, I have many things to tell you, but you cannot bear them. So like John chapters 14, 15, and 16 were actually supposed to be longer than they are, but the disciples were so distraught because they had personally and are emotionally invested in Jesus because that represents their future, and Jesus is saying, I'm going to die. And they're so upset that Jesus is going to die, he can't teach them anymore because their emotions have now gotten in the way of hearing what it is that the Lord wants to say. So I understand that there's sensitive situations in this, in this room, and I understand that people are praying for things that carry a lot of weight, okay? But if we could, for the moment, come back to square one and say this together, I'm not owed anything. The only thing that I'm owed is a good thorough beating. But Jesus took that. Amen? Amen. 
So I'm not owed any of my prayers answered, and I don't own anything. And God meets all my needs. I'm, I'm set up pretty good, and so are you, right? We all going to heaven one day? We persevere to the end and cling to Christ, amen? So future set up pretty good. So we all got things set up pretty good, amen? So this whole thing of having prayers answered is the biggest cherry on top of the Sunday you can imagine. And I would hate for any of us to, to not be able to see what we've been given because we're still looking at a prayer or waiting for a prayer to be answered. And again, I understand that prayers are sensitive. It can be, um, I, more so than, um, man, because sometimes it's tricky. Because like, like if I'm praying for my dad, it's hard not to have selfish ambition if I'm being honest. You know what I mean? Uh, so I'm going to jump into this today. And at the same time, I want you to understand I'm sensitive to some of the situations. And at the same time, can you rise above your current circumstance, understand what you've been given, and hear with a militant ear? Is that okay? Okay. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. That's Matthew 7, 7. So I want to just talk to you guys about nine things that can stand in the way sometimes when we're knocking. And when I hear Jesus say knocking, what do you do? Well, you knock on the door. What's on the other side of the door? Where you want to be? And there's something standing in the way. Have you guys ever felt like that where you're praying for something, but something's standing in the way? So you keep asking and asking and asking the Lord for it, but there seems to be a barrier in the way. Well, there's, here's nine things that I want us to be aware of. We want to make sure that it's according to his will. We want to make sure that when we read scripture, that there's not conditions that we need to fulfill on our part. We want to make sure that we're praying in faith. We want to make sure that we have humility. We want to make sure that our motives are pure. We want to make sure that we're speaking life. We want to make sure that we're stewarding things well. We want to make sure that we're trustworthy with money. And we want to make sure that our sowing and reaping is correct. So there's our, those are like nine things that I want to be aware of when I'm praying. And you might say, well, geez, nine things. I know it's a little bit more nuanced. And the Lord is doing something with you. Does anybody remember the game of baseball? Do you guys remember that game? I, I don't watch baseball. Does anybody watch baseball? Yeah? Um, I, 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 I meant to say like a player's name. I couldn't come up with a player who still plays. I thought of two, Barry Bonds and Cal Ripken. No. Nope. But let me ask you a question. Um, in this life, are we going to bat a thousand? I haven't. Because I'm not batting a thousand, is that an excuse not to bat anymore? Or is that an excuse not to get better at batting? No. Sometimes we don't get prayers answered, we back off praying. And sometimes we back off getting better at praying. And that might sound funny to you, but I can assure you it's, it's not. There, there's there's a place where you can, can grow in faith. And on the way and on this journey, like you and like me, I've seen prayers not be answered. Okay, and sometimes it's like emotional and gripping and sometimes it's like life, right? But again, I'm not owed anything and I just got to trust God with the situation and with the way that it turned out and said, you know what, God? This didn't turn out the way that this Bible says it could have. I'm okay with that. I'm not going to stop swinging. I'm not going to stop getting better. Amen. Let's say, let's say my dad's dementia doesn't go away. Let's just say, okay? Um, does that give me a right not to pray for someone's dementia? No. 
Does that give me a right not to pray for the sick? No, it doesn't. Well, why? Why doesn't that give you the right? Because I don't have any in the kingdom. I, I, I'm here for him, and I'm here to do his will. And if things don't turn out the way I like, there's no complaint box. If you want to talk about it with him face-to-face one day, you, you can, trust me. But by then, you will know the truth as soon as you see him about every situation because he is a bright light that reveals it. So let's start off with his will. In 1 John 5, 14, this is the confidence with which we have before him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request with which we asked from him. So we really, really want to be sure that what we're asking for, that this word says he wants to give it. It wouldn't be too hard to find a few examples in here either. Amen? The second thing about conditions. Have you ever heard anybody say this, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good? I've heard that said. They're dropping off the key condition on the back end to those who love God. There are people out there who do not love God and disaster comes and God's not going to be able to do something with that disaster because they don't love him. If they loved him and put him first, realized that they're not owed anything and that they owe everything to him, God could take that person and really use what took place and mold them and shape them and mold the environment and bring the kingdom of heaven into it and make sure that more good came out of it than bad. But no. He doesn't work together all things for good for everybody. He works all things together for good for those who love him. So when they're they're in the midst of something really hard, it is so important to continually love him in the midst of that. Amen? I've had tragedy and and death strike my family, and I got to tell you, if I had a time machine to go back and change it, I wouldn't change it. Too much good has come from it. Too much kingdom has come because of the tragedy that took place. I wouldn't change it. Maybe some of you are praying that God would take this desire away from you because you no longer want to engage in this, this sinful act. In Galatians 5.16, it says this, but I say walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. So sometimes we're asking for God to remedy something, but he's already remedied it a, a, a different way than we realize. And here we are walking by the flesh and we're saying, Lord, I don't want to walk by the flesh and he's inviting us to walk by the Spirit. And so we need to make sure that when we're praying that he already hasn't diagnosed the problem and the remedy in scripture, and out of ignorance, we're just continually walking and asking. Meanwhile, the solution wasn't to ask, it was to actually do. Amen? Sometimes it is a faith issue, but it's not always a faith issue. I know some people don't like to hear this, but for me, If I could see my faith, if I could let you know where I was at, um, that'd be a cool thing, wouldn't it? I'd be like, I'm, I'm operating at a 31 out of 100 today, right? But I, I unfortunately can't see my faith. I can see mountains move when I have it, but I can't always see my faith. And I know this, and it's a little intimidating, so bear with me. These disciples saw a lot. And on this day, when Jesus came down off that mountain and that boy was seizing and, and the father says to him, hey, your disciples laid hands on him, couldn't heal him. He says, do you believe? He says, help me with my own belief. Jesus lays hands on him and heals him. 
And then uh, he rebukes the disciples for the littleness of their faith. He rebukes them. He calls them a twisted, twisted generation. It's like, man, this disciple saw a lot. They'd given up everything to walk with him. And they're still being chastised on a journey that they're on. And then sometimes I see people not willing to be chastised by the Lord and come to the conclusion that their faith is 100 all the time. Well, I had faith. Well, that's a bold thing to say. And so I'll be the first to admit and question whether or not I had faith if the mountain doesn't move. The first one to admit that maybe my faith wasn't there. But I'm not saying that faith is the only issue. It's a nuanced thing, and it's just a, 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 a thing that we see in Scripture when it comes to healing that, that this actually stands in the way. And I want everybody to know, like, I, I, don't, I don't know everything that's going on with my dad. I wish I could see it and diagnose it. Lord, I'm asking you for wisdom. Like, Lord, show me what it looks like, because when I lay hands on him and pray, I'm not seeing this thing move. I'm not going to sit here and say, well, I had faith and it still didn't move. I'm just not going to do that. I'm going to continually ask the Lord to help my faith. Does that seem like humility? Lord, would you help me to believe? Can I... I believe that people are afraid of failure more than they are of wanting to succeed. I believe that, that people are afraid to fail. It's more motivating for them than to succeed at something. Here's the one thing that I've learned, and man, put this, you can put this on my grave. I need to do a better job. That's the phrase. First off, I could be doing a better job. Lord, help me, and I need to do a better job. And if you're afraid to say that, I got to tell you, you could be doing a better one. The whole self-esteem movement caused people not to self-reflect and even ask that question. The whole self-esteem movement says, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. Go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. And I got to tell you, everything's not fine. And we all probably could wake up a little bit more to the idea of what the kingdom could look like in our life if we would fully humble ourselves before him. In January, I'm going to be uh, starting a new series, and I really believe um, that the Lord has shown me a blueprint of what it is that we actually need in our lives to see the kingdom of heaven come more. So I'm very excited to, to share that with you guys when we get there. Sometimes it's a humility issue. Do you guys believe that? Is anybody batting a thousand at humility? You know, if how many of you guys have had plans that did not succeed? I'm, I'm going to read this verse, and it's, it's so interesting. Are you guys ready for it? Without consultation, plans are frustrated, but with many counselors, they succeed. So here you have plans that you want to succeed, and you can have a vision for what it would look like if you were to succeed, and it's you with the plans and you're trying to make the plan to have the plan succeed. Meanwhile, God comes and drops the very piece of wisdom that you need, not in you, but in this person right here. It's usually your spouse. And he puts it in your spouse and he says, boom, as soon as you humble yourself and ask for their opinion, I will give you the wisdom that you've been asking me for. Do you know why he does that? 
He puts success in other people around us so that in humility we'd go and access it. I think he's genius. I think it's such a good move. Because heaven forbid that, that you have the plan and you've got everything and it's all in your head and you've got all the action, it's all you, 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 that you get to the end of it and say, look at my success. Sometimes it's a motive issue. You know, if I'm, if I'm praying for the sick, I got to tell you, I see more people get healed outside of my own family, outside of the church, in public, like the batting average out there is so much higher than in my own family. Because why? Because selfish motive can't get mixed in. I don't know these people. And I'm the one willing to look like an idiot. This isn't me saying, it's like they're going to pick me up on their shoulders and run me around Walmart. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's no, there's no glory in it whatsoever. You just get the chance to look like an idiot. There's nothing selfish about that. So selfish motive doesn't have a chance to get mixed in. I'm smiling. My, uh, my dad, back in the day... Um, when, he, when his hearing could no longer like work in here, like in the sanctuary, he would go to Walmart and he would pray for people on Sunday mornings. That's what he would do. Wasn't that cool? So you lust and do not have, so you commit murder. And you are envious and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask, and you ask and do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives so that you may spend what you request on your pleasures. What's it saying? It's basically saying this. You're praying for that so that you can get pleasure out of it, not so God can get the glory out of it. And I got to tell you, that is the easiest thing to do in the world. It is so easy to not give God glory. It is so easy to get healed back in that room, walk out here, and not tell a single soul what happened. Easiest thing to do. Speaking life, there's a, uh, a place where there's a verse that says death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. And I, I got to tell you that it is okay if you want to be careful on how you talk around the thing. And, and what I mean by that is if I'm praying in a certain direction and I'm saying like, Lord, um, heal my dad, give me wisdom, let me know, is there anything that I can humble myself or do any wisdom that you have for me that I need to apply, help me, help me with my faith, Lord. There's a possibility that this could happen, and Lord, I, I want to see it happen. I want to make sure that you're getting glory. If there's selfish motive in me, show me. I don't want it there, right? But Lord, show me. And then I'm praying that way, and then on the other side, when I'm talking to my mom or to Erica, and I'm saying, well, he's just probably always going to be that way. You don't want to do that. Um, you... you I think it's okay to be honest about how you're doing. But if you're praying a certain way, you might want to plan a certain way too and not plan against what it is that you're asking God for. And again, it's so cool to be honest. If, I, if I'm being honest like about that situation, um, my mom handles the, the, the blunt of that, you know, because she's always with him, you know, and, uh, and she's doing, she does a tremendous job. She's absolutely amazing. And... Um, but I would love sometimes for, um, 
just to have him back, like selfishly, sometimes just so he can remember and, and enjoy his grandkids. There's, you know what I mean? Like there's things that I, that I want for him, um, but I, I want them, not necessarily to give God glory. And man, I just need to be really careful about how I'm talking about it. You know, like even up here, I'm trying to be careful and but there, there's a place where he does get healed and we actually see that move off of him. And if I'm being honest, and I'm being honest now, I, I, haven't, I haven't heard of that testimony too, too often, you know? And I'm just being honest. But that doesn't mean that it's impossible. That's what I'm talking about. It's just, it's just make sure that there's life still coming out. That possibility is still coming out of your mouth. Sometimes it's a stewardship thing. Sometimes what we're praying for, we're saying, God, I'm ready to handle more in my life. I'm, re- I'm, ready, I'm ready for the promotion. Does anybody want to be promoted? Yes. Man. And sometimes it's interesting. What we're ready for promotion, but it's like, are we stewarding the socks of what's in front of us? I mean, are, are we really, really looking at the responsibility God gave us as the reward for our stewardship from the last season we are in? Are we really giving it everything we got? Are we really doing it as if we're doing it for the Lord? In Luke 16, 10, it says this, the one who is faithful in a very little thing is also faithful in much. And the one who is unrighteous in a very little thing is also unrighteous in much. So no matter how small the responsibility is, you know, I heard... Um, Bob Hazlett talk about uh, stewardship, and when you're getting coffee, if you spill some creamer, make sure you clean it up, like at a gas station, no matter how small the response. Ever since he said that, I, I, like, I can't help but to spill six ounces of coffee everywhere for some reason, <laughs> like when I'm at the gas station. You know, I just make sure I clean it up. And it's like, well, why? Well, if you can't clean up after yourself, and then conviction just hit me, and if my staff's in the room, I eventually got to the dishes in the sink, Amen. Um, little humility there. Um, if you can't, why would God trust you with more? So there can be even more dishes in the sink? You know? So we really need to make sure that we're being faithful with what it is that we're stewarding. And also, finally, therefore, this is uh, being trusted with money. And it's so interesting that this, is, that this says this. It says, therefore, if you have not been faithful in the use of unrighteous wealth, who will entrust true wealth to you? So there, there's a place where until you grab a hold of and get a hold of that, how to steward your finances and giving on to the Lord, you're actually preventing the Lord from taking you into the next chapter of your life. Have you ever felt like you've been in the uh, season for too long? Has anybody ever felt like that? You felt like maybe you missed it and it's like, wow, like I just feel like I've been spinning in circles here. I want you to know it's okay for you to say this. Maybe I'm spinning in circles because I need to examine and wake up to the fact that I could probably be doing a better job. But what oftentimes people do is they say, man, well, the devil is really, well, hold on a second. Before we go that, or that route, let's examine to see if this is self-afflicted. But nobody, nobody will tell you that. Everybody say, well, let me pray for you. And I, I'm all about praying for each other's situation. But can we have the humility to make sure that it's not a self-afflicted situation? Or you're going to be caught in that loop for a very long time. 
Everybody okay with that? Heard some murmuring. Sometimes it's a sowing and reaping. So like, you want to make sure, and like, don't, don't get what I'm saying twisted. Like, I'm pretty sure that I didn't like reap dementia from my dad. You, you know what I'm saying? So if you're in a sensitive situation, I'm not saying that person reaped it or you reaped it or anything like that. But what I'm saying is, is like when we're praying for certain things, we need to make sure that we're sowing what it is that we're asking to reap. That's going back to that whole thing. Make sure that you're becoming what it is that you're asking God to be for you. Make sure that you're being that for other people. The one thing that I, I want to encourage everybody to do, man, if you're praying for healing, make sure that you're praying for healing. Make sure that you're praying for healing if you're praying for healing. Make sure that you're becoming what it is that you're asking for. And then I put this in last because sometimes, number one, sometimes we're not going to understand. Sometimes we're not going to see the prayer get answered, okay? Um, I wouldn't go there first or lean on that. Sometimes it's a perseverance issue. Let me read this. Let's not become discouraged in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not become weary. Now, he was telling them a parable to show them that at all times they ought to pray and not become discouraged. It's easy to become discouraged. Do you guys know what I do when I get discouraged? I stop praying. That's why he's saying, do not become discouraged. Do not stop praying. It's very easy for me to stop praying over a situation because I don't even want my heart being messed around with it anymore. I'm just going to accept it. It just is what it is. I don't understand it, but one day, maybe I'll know. And I'm, I'm not saying like, what I'm saying is, is I need to detach myself, understand that I'm not owed something, and understand I'm supposed to be a lightning rod for his will, and to the best of my ability, deliver that to the best that I can. Now, he was telling them a parable to show that at all times they ought to pray and not become discouraged, saying in a certain city there was a judge who did not fear God and did not respect any person. Now, there was a widow in that city, and she kept coming to him saying, give me justice against my opponent. For a while he was unwilling, but later he said to himself, even though I do not fear God nor respect any person, yet because this widow is bothering me, I will give her justice. Otherwise, by continually coming, she will wear me out. And the Lord said, listen to what the unrighteous judge said. Now, will God not bring about justice for his elect who cry out to him day and night? And will he delay long for them? I tell you that he will bring about justice for them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, he will, find faith, will he find faith on the earth? I, I find that fascinating, that story fascinating, because there comes a point, number one, I believe that if we really, really want something, we'll really, really keep praying for it. And number two, that God could actually be worn out from your prayers. That he would eventually say, you know what? I just can't hear it again. Why does somebody keep praying? Because they consistently believe that they'll be heard. And I gotta tell you guys, I am, if, if it, this is probably my weakest one. If I'm being honest, out of all of those, I, I can grow on everything I just told you. But when it comes to perseverance, like I'm like, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but like I'm kind of like the now guy. Be healed in Jesus' name. Check it out. Oh, okay. Sorry. You know. <laughs> now I'll pray again. And again, as long as you're okay with it. And again, 
But when it comes to praying for things consistently, day after day after day, I, I could really grow in that. And I'll be the first to admit that. There's a lot of stuff in here I could actually really grow at. And there's a, a, a better job that I could be doing. And the last thing I need is someone pointing to somebody else and saying, well, you're doing a better job than that person. It's like, no, we point at Christ and say, that's what we're called to. We're called to the fullness of Christ. And until I see it come, I might not see every, par- every prayer come to pass. I, mi- I might not see certain breakthrough come, but that doesn't mean that I'm not going to see other breakthrough come. I am not called to give up, and I'm not called to, to, to stop getting better. Amen. I'm called to keep swinging, and I'm called to get better at it. Amen? Amen. But, you know, I've, I've prayed for some things, and they were big things, and they were important things, and they were people's lives, and you end up watching that person pass, and it, they didn't get healed, and it's like, I'd be lying to you to say that, that I, well, I just rubbed it off and just kept going harder, you know? I've been through that. I've, I've, there was a period of about six months, I think, where I stopped praying for people because I was so discouraged around it. But the Holy Spirit woke me up to it and said, hey, you have no right. You have no right to neglect my commands because you didn't see something come to pass that you thought you should have. And it, he was patient enough because he knew that it took six months for me to even hear him say that because he knew I couldn't hear it before then. But this is the journey I'm on. I'm not owed a thing, but he's given me everything. I'm not taking anything with me. He's met all my needs. And in the meantime, I get to be a lightning rod for his will. And to the best that I can perceive, judge myself according to my faith, lay hands on the sick, pray for his will to come, pray for responsibility, pray for the things that he prepared beforehand, and watch his will come to York County. What else are you going to do with your life? Do you have something better to do? It's the plan. And uh, to be able to hear testimony, to be able to, to hear about that young lady's finances, wasn't that cool? To, to hear about the healings that took place, and I just got a, someone else came up to me, and they had their ankle healed in the back room. It's like, man, come on. That's cool. It's cool that we would see in our lifetime one miracle. We're not even owed one. And every week we get to read off these things. He's good. Would you guys stand with me? I understand that place of like, when, when Jesus told his disciples, I have many things to tell you, but you cannot bear them. You've let your emotions get in front of your heart and now you can't hear me clearly because you're hearing me through the, the lens or the filter of what you're not seeing take place or what you want to happen. That's a hard place to be. I've been there. Has anybody ever been there? You can't hear clearly because your eyes aren't fixed on him. It's fixed on a problem that's not going away. And I want to just pray for those people right now. So Father, like sometimes we just get caught up and looking at, at what's wrong instead of what's right. And man, at the end of the day, we're just going to have to trust you. We're, we're called to examine ourselves. We're called to make sure that the conditions and all that stuff and humility and, and seeking and asking and, and following and that, that, we're, that we're doing the nuances that scripture talks about. And thank God you're in us. And we're not just throwing darts at a scripture and that's in the Bible. But you're in us, you're teaching us, you're helping us to follow you. But I ask, Lord, that if anybody's like, 
can't hear you clearly in this season, would you gently nudge them and rebuke them back into a place of being able to hear you? And I pray, Lord, that this would be a house where we'd see those five things in everybody's life that we'd begin to hear a wave of testimony like never before because a group of people humbled themselves like never before. And Lord, this is what I pray and I just, I just bless it and I just ask that it would come to pass in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, bless you guys. Have a great Sunday. Zangi bike tables out there if you wanna to talk to AJ and Jess and I'll be at the front if anybody wants to say hello. Thank you so much for joining us online to watch our service. At Praise, our mission is to inspire, challenge, and transform people for generations to come. And we hope today's message encourages you to do just that. If you have any questions or would like to learn more about Praise, email us at info at If you'd like to support Praise financially, you can visit praiseyork.com give. To stay up to date with sermons, events, and any changes at Praise, make sure you like our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel.